And welcome to The Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management. This is a show about the incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, and natural fancy-colored diamonds, what they can do to protect you and make you money in these turbulent times. The number to call, as always, one eight seven seven eight silver That's one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven. The website, therealmoneyshow.com. While you're there, sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. Uh, Darren, we always start off with the week that was. That's where you come in. How are you? Pretty good, John. Hey, I'm... Just sitting here watching these markets and the craziness that is. I mean, there's a bunch of simpletons and they just don't want you to know it. But the week that was in gold was pretty simple. The price of gold fell this week from 12.95 down to our Thursday taping time of around uh, one o'clock p.m. and it is now trading at 12.55 an ounce. And silver dropped from 19.50 down to 19 uh, around 19.05 to 19.10. Both metals obviously had losing weeks but are both holding support. There is good physical demand. We were selling all through the week, and congratulations to those that opened accounts, especially to those that bought diamonds this week. This week was a fantastic week uh, for colored diamonds, and we'll talk more about it during the show. But technically, gold and silver are both vulnerable at this point to a slightly further fall down towards uh, significant support levels. There could be a push down towards 1200 for gold, which is a fairly significant support level. And uh, with silver, it uh, certainly could traverse slightly lower. But I assure you, bargain hunters will come out. The uh, 14-day relative strength index fell to 32.9 yesterday, which is the lowest since December and near the level of 30 that suggests a potential rebound uh, if you're you know, looking at the technical analysis. So I like that. And gold has rebounded several times off a of strong support as well as silver this year. So I do expect that to happen. So if you're a bargain hunter and you're looking for a good price, both make complete sense. Now, this price weakness came despite continuing bullish developments for both gold and silver silver this week. Yesterday, uh, Wednesday, there was news of China launching a new physical global gold exchange and uh, Putin out of Russia again affirmed how Russia values its gold reserves. There's a picture that I brought with me that the audience can't see, but it's President uh, Jinping, uh, the Chinese President Jinping. He was uh, doing shooters with with, right. with Putin, uh, shooters of vodka here, and um, both both indicated that their countries, both Russia and China, need to ensure their gold and currency reserves are secure. And Putin told journalists at the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum. Uh, for us, I mean Russia and China, it's important to deposit those gold and currency reserves in a rational and secure way, which is a direct quote. And he said, I quote, uh, and we together need to think of how to do that, keeping in mind the uneasy situation in the global economy. So, I mean, listen, throwing caution to the wind, the whole Ukraine situation, he's making public appearances with uh, Chinese officials. And I mean, that to me is a very scary situation. Points so, right to the U.S., right? Definitely. And I mean, from the geopolitical sense, we want to pay attention of that because those are both very supportive things for gold and silver prices. Now, Putin also said China and Russia will consider further steps in order to use more national currencies in bilateral transactions. And this was a report that came out by Reuters, which suggests their relationship is going to strengthen or he's going to try to get their relationship to strengthen which does not bode well for the U.S. dollar Mm -hmm. at all. As you were pointing out, John, it's a good thing. Now, in addition to that, this was a crazy week because breaking news this week was that consumer confidence declined dramatically last week to the lowest level since November, 
in the U.S. and Americans' views of their finances and the buying climate really weakened week over week. And that uh, is something of significance because, again, these are issues which we've been talking about at length. What the headlines suggest are not what the truth is behind those headlines. And the big news on Wednesday was that there was a huge drop in bond yields throughout the entire globe. It was a crazy day. I was watching the markets. I thought there would be some really significant pullbacks in stocks. Uh, but the bond markets, especially in China, with this big drop, the the yuan fall uh, fell to a 19-month low with news of a huge increase in Chinese bad debt. So again, significant geopolitical developments, which again will support higher gold and silver prices. Now, in addition to this, France also reported a huge hole in their budget. And instead of raising 30 billion euros from their increase in taxes, which they expected to do, they only raised uh, 16 billion euros, which is almost half, half right. uh, and which is very, very difficult when you're looking at budgeting going forward. So again, we're thinking more printing is uh, on the horizon for them. This puts more pressure on yet another country in the EU and definitely, again, supports the idea that when there is turmoil in economic uncertainty, you would go to fine assets like gold and silver mm. as ways to ensure, uh, ensure your wealth. Now, one of the things that we're watching and is developing this week is that the uh, government in the U.S. is reporting on GDP statistics. And lo and behold, as we have been saying forever, the U.S. economy shrank for the first time in three years during the January through March period, quarter one of 2014. GDP fell 1% annualized in the first quarter, which was a way bigger decline than was projected after a previously reported 0.1% gain in the last quarter of 2013. Jobless claims remain dangerously high at around the 300,000 claim level. And really, when you look at the data, there's just a myriad of negativity out there behind what are positive headlines running, uh, you know, all throughout the week. I heard S&P was hitting records this week and you're seeing stock market claims. You're seeing Apple making acquisitions of the Beats, so they went up a percent, yeah. percent and a half uh, on day open on Thursday. And, um, you know, this is a very, very dire situation. Underneath all of this is the underpinnings of the economy, and they're not good. I mean, this is just a smoke and mirror show. And as we reported earlier and been saying all along, Jeremy, Paul, myself, and Nicole, and everybody in our office, we have not left that recession which we were in and started in 2008, 2009. So again, when you look at the headlines, be careful because behind those headlines are significant uh, negative points. Now, to make my point specific, I want to make sure everybody is aware, this is what the headlines are telling us. When you look at what the report came out and said, it's that GDP dropped and it's a significant drop. If you have two quarters of GDP, analysts agree, that's recessionary. So when you have two quarters of negative GDP growth, that's recessionary. What ING had to say about this was pretty funny. Overall, this isn't a terrible outcome. They said they see quarter two GDP at 4.5% with inventory rebuilding likely to play its part. So they're touting the next quarter. Let's go on to the next thing and hopefully the next thing will be better. Uh, Strategist, GDP negative 1%. Old news, uh, mostly just white noise. They're shrugging it off. Shrugging it off. Bank of Tokyo, second quarter growth seen at nearly 4%. Weak first quarter is stone cold dead as an indicator of where the economy is headed. 
it doesn't even register on their radars. And I mean, to me, that that's a dangerous situation to be in because that's the mainstream media. Remember, Goldman Sachs reported that they were expecting a 4% gain in quarter one GDP. So they fell way short of their targets. And think of the millions of people that made investments predicated on that particular expectation. So if you look around, this is not what's happening. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver That's one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven and the realmoneyshow.com. Let's get back into what you guys do uh, directly, Darren. Thinking about getting into gold and silver, how do I open an account? Well, to open an account with Guildhall, it's very simple. First, understand that we deal in physical bullion, gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. And uh, ultimately, to open up an account, it's very easy. You're coming by the firm or you're giving us a call. You're going to fill out some paperwork, and uh, you can start an account in silver as little as 200 ounces, an account in gold as little as 10 ounces. You can take product home if you like. If you want to make a purchase through Guildhall, you want to take some bullion home with you for storage elsewhere, that's fine also. And when you're bringing uh, yourself into Guildhall to open up an account, you're going to find out about how we store the product. And that's in a depository. It's a vaulted process. It means that if I so desire, I can have the serial numbers and take title of my bars when I'm storing them. So if you have 1,000 ounces of silver, it's 10 100-ounce bars, about 65 pounds worth of metal. Instead of having to wheel it around in a wheelbarrow to get mm. it from point A to point B, you simply put it in our vaults. It's stored locally, and that is liquidity, liquidity, liquidity. Because if you need to buy or sell more, you can always pick up the phone and give us a call. And that is what makes part of this world renowned. The other part is safety and security. It's a class three vault, it's an excellent storage facility. And it's certainly world-class. We're getting a larger and larger client base coming from elsewhere in the world, uh, coming to us to serve them in their uh, bullion needs. So, again, very easy to open up an account with Guildhall. And it starts as simple as uh, 200 ounces of silver or 10 ounces of gold. We'll get into palladium a little later because that's pretty important. How about if I, okay, I have the cash, say, for 1,000 ounces of silver, but I prefer to keep my cash flow happening. What's my option as far as purchasing is concerned? Well, you can do what's called metals financing. That's a, that's an option for you as well. And in that particular situation, you could simply just uh, you could simply just put up as little as twenty percent of the bullion value. So in that particular instance, let's use a thousand ounces. A thousand mm-hmm. ounces of silver right now cost about approximately twenty two thousand uh, dollars. If I wanted to buy that bullion and take it home, that's one option I have. But using this option with metals financing. You could simply just uh, put up as little as uh, 20% of the total metal value plus the commission. And of course, you own and control the metal. It's still being stored. So buying and selling can happen by phone. And when the metal goes up in value, you can choose to take out that accrued value against the the value of the metal or Mm -hmm. buy more. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you're keeping your powder dry. So in that example, you're exactly right, John. Instead of spending the $22,000, I might put up maybe $7,000, $8,000, hold back the rest. I can put that in a short-term investment, use it elsewhere in the market, uh, plan it strategically, and then go to it if I need it for a rainy day. Maybe I want to pay off debt or if I want to buy more in cost average, I'm able to do so. We can do that at Guildhall. It's another way to invest, and we'll uh, certainly give some more examples as the show progresses. But this week is just a myriad of data, Mm -hmm. and I am so excited because for Guildhall, we used to look upon weeks like this where the price would come down. Somebody would get negative in the office or maybe a little upset about the price falling. Now everybody comes in with a smile, grinning ear to ear, because we have a client base that knows value 
grows from bargain hunting. And when the price of gold and silver does drop, you get get off your keister, you make the phone call, especially if you've been thinking about it. I mean, if you've been thinking about it for a month or two or four or five, it's better to be early like this and get in while the getting is good than to be late and say, hey, I'm going to wait for it to move up. The gold and silver markets can be very volatile at times, and you can miss a move in as little as a few months. You can see the price rally 10, 20, 30% in as little as a, th- a few months. We saw the price of silver in 2011 jump from January at $30 an ounce all the way to $49 an ounce. So getting into the market now while the getting is good and the prices at bargain basement pricing is the smart thing to do. If you're at the supermarket and you saw that one of your favorite foods, a can of tuna, which is usually $2.50, is on for $0.75. Cents. You're going to grab it. You're going to grab two of, of them, right? Of course you are. Yeah. So this is what makes sense, and we'll talk more about it as we come back. We'll take a, a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven. The website is therealmoneyshow.com. Lots more of The Real Money Show coming up. And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number to start investing in contact is a one eight seven seven eight silver one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven online therealmoneyshow.com. Uh, you know, as always, Darren, you and Jeremy and, uh, you know, Paul, you're always saying the headlines are the headlines, but what's behind them is actually the truth. How about uh, home sales? This has also been a lot of fun in the U.S. lately, right? And here. Yeah, well, listen, home sales are a leading economic indicator. If ever I was looking at the gold and silver market and I was looking for excuses to buy gold and silver and get them in my portfolio... This is one of the major ones, and I'm okay. I'm telling you it's difficult in Canada because our statistics don't uh, certainly come out as frequently and as as uh, uh, as and they're not as thorough as they are in the U.S. In the U.S., we know how many mortgages were issued week over week. We know what the size of the mortgages were. We know what the base of mortgages is in total. We know all of that statistical more data transparency, right? Absolutely, wow. because it's a very large country, and this is something that they've adopted as general policy. Now, here in Canada, you can get some of those stats, but they're very hard to find. Now, what you saw this past month is very, very bad for the U.S. economy, and I hate hearkening on it because it's certainly not something I I want to see. I have Mm -hmm. plenty of friends down there, but home sales uh, missed demand huge. They're down 9.4% year over year on the month of April. Everybody thought, of course, the cold weather would contribute to slow sales in in the winter months, and of course, I suppose it did to a certain extent, but they thought, hey, come April, we're going to see big boom. Boy, were they wrong. Dropped 9.4% year over year. Uh, The NAR, which is the national uh, uh, body for um, following the home sales, uh, blames the excess inventory as giving people too much choice and slowing their purchasing decisions for the notable miss on both month-over-month and year-over-year stats. But the problem Mm -hmm. is that's just one month. This is the seventh month in a row of declining year-over-year sales. And uh, they expected a 0.4% increase uh, month over month, as well as a 1% increase year over year. So this is not pent up demand. Uh, This is not a cold weather trend. This is actually people having a real difficult time uh, justifying putting out the bucks to buy a home. And it's a sign of the times. It's a sign of the contraction of the middle class, which is your largest uh, class of home buyers. And it's telling us that people would rather rent. Rental statistics are complete opposite. There's certainly a higher degree or percentage of renters right now, and that's very important to point out. Now, all these statistics mean nothing unless you understand where we're going. 
in order to level off for GDP and for the economy to actually grow this year throughout the rest of the three quarters, we're going to have to have the U.S. economy grow by just under 5% to hit what they call the, the federal, uh, uh, the Fed's central tendency of 3%. Now, when you look across the board, why do I love gold and silver and other assets like it? Because when you see signs like this brewing up underneath, this presents perfect opportunity to be ahead of the game. If you look back to 2002, when we first started doing this, you wouldn't, I mean, you can only imagine how many people would have laughed if I said, hey, I'm going to buy some gold and silver. Well, look at you and shrug you off and then they giggle, yeah. say, oh, you must be a gold bug, right? Next thing I know, you're going to be walking down the street with a pair of tinfoil antennas and uh, stuck to your brain, you know. But the reality is back then, nobody was touching it. The sentiment has fallen in the gold and silver market. It makes for excellent opportunity to be ahead of the curve. Various student investors are doing it. You will see hedge fund buying that happens this time of the year. Very quiet asset base growing. uh, And this is where you're going to get pickup in both gold and silver. And it would not surprise me if leading into the summer months, because of the slowdown and the relatively stagnant pricing we've seen over the last three, four months, that the prices of both gold and silver start to edge higher. But again, when you're looking at these home sales, big problems. And when I look across the border, I mean, you have to look at what is happening, but in Canada, it's very, very dire straits. I mean, last week we talked about housing in Canada and we talked about Deutschmark, uh, uh, sorry, not Deutschmark, but we talked about Deutsche Bank's uh, house price to rent index, which has uh, stated publicly and globally, it's a huge report that mm-hmm. Canada's housing market may be overvalued as much as 60%. That doesn't bode well for my friends who are in real estate, and I don't mean to knock them at all, but I do value transparency. I do like looking at stats. It's what I do all day. And again, if I'm a gold and silver buyer, if I'm looking to invest and protect my portfolio, I'm looking and trying to find out reasons why. Well, not only are there major underlying fundamentals that we discuss every week in the show, but if you look at the Canadian housing market, let me tell you a little bit about why there is huge concern that we may be in a bubble right now. That's only one report, and you certainly can't put all of your eggs in one basket, but um you know, we could look across the board and say, hey, maybe there is no housing bubble, but this tells me otherwise. The gap between house prices and income is the third worst in the developed world. So if we look at the G20 countries in particular, third worst in gap means our house prices are rising way too fast in comparison to our income. That's one huge concern. No kidding. Which is part of the reason why we're seeing a lot of people uh, shy away from buying in particular arenas. You're seeing the 1 million plus homes continue to stay very consistent because rich money or or, uh, the elite money is rising faster than the rest of us. And that's normal to see in these circumstances. Number two, the gap between house prices and rent is the second largest in the entire world here in Canada, which is massive. Means lots of people who own rental properties are making zero money. All they're trying to do is predicate the purchase of that sale on the speculation that the home value is going to rise dramatically. I've had real, I'm talking friends who are realtors tell me, you know, you're, you're at the peak now. They've suggested as realtors, sell your house, bank the money, invest in, in, in some sort of asset with some of the money and go rent until the housing prices come down. They've told me to do that. Yeah. Well, the good thing about right? my, my friends in real estate is they're going to make a commission when mm-hmm. they sell or when they buy. It doesn't matter. That yep. We'd all like to be doing both. But the fact is that when you come uh, to this situation, you must know what the facts are. And the problem is in the Canadian housing industry, especially in the major markets in Vancouver and Toronto being the best example, we don't have enough data telling us who the buyers are. 
We're getting a lot of form buyers. What percentage of those markets is based on form ownership? I would be scared to find out. In Toronto in particular, I would certainly be very, very skeptical about what would happen if, let's say, China or Russia uh, or one of the other major economies was to falter and mm-hmm. fall. They'd sell off their non-domestic assets, which means a huge chunk of homes would go up for sale very quickly in right. markets like Toronto, which would put right. tremendous pressure on pricing. And in addition to that, if you look around the peripheral, we're seeing a lot of changes in what's happening in the rural areas and the non-urban centers. So if we look in the extended GTA, we're seeing that there's a major slowdown in the amount of value of homes and the home increases in value. So that's definitely something uh, you would put in your pocket and look at if you were going to invest in something like gold and silver. These are reasons that make sense for investing in gold and silver. And it's unfortunately what's all part of the smoke and mirrors process when you're looking at the U.S. and Canada. The other side of this equation is that when I'm looking at hard assets, we do talk about owning high-quality hard assets and housing being part of that. There are still places to speculate. We don't want to say that there isn't. I'm not suggesting don't go out and buy real estate. I'm just saying, when I can I see that data? Can I, can I examine it? And if I did, I would be more likely to suggest I'm not going to go ahead and be buying a house right now myself. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven. Tell me about the uh, the ratio, or at least the ratio used to be the way it should be between silver and gold. If that doesn't wake you up to buy silver, I don't know what was right. Well, everybody's touting it. I mean, right. I'm, I'll say it now publicly. We're in the second segment here. We are going to be having a special guest next week. His name is Gerald Salente. He's the trend forecaster. He's publisher of the Trends Journal, and he's a business consultant and author who makes predictions about the global financial markets and other events of historical importance. This guy is He's super awesome. well-known. He's awesome. Yeah. He has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers that get the trend report. Uh, it comes out all the time. And this guy we've met and talked to, he's been a special guest of the show before. We're going to be having him on Good. next week. We have an announcement to make also that we're going to be adding the Calgary market, which we're happy to be uh, coming to, uh, backed by popular demand, so to speak. And we'll be talking about the show there as well. So we will be making that announcement. You can look to our websites to find that information out. But that ratio, John, yeah. it's awesome. It's one of the one of the main reasons I am so excited about where silver is in particular. As you know, I'm an expert in silver. It's my favorite metal. I know it is. And uh, I certainly <laughs> talk about it enough. But the historical ratio between gold and silver, believe it or not, is 16 to 1. Which means what? It means that for every one ounce of gold, we had 16 ounces of silver coming out of the ground. That is back to Roman's time. Any analyst in an historical uh, uh, paper on silver and gold would talk about that ratio. The last time we had a major bull market in the 70s, at the very peak of that market, gold reached 850 an ounce, silver reached 52. That is about a 16 to 1 ratio. That ratio under is the underpinning of one of the reasons and fundamentals behind investing in silver at this point. Okay. Right now, that ratio is in the mid-60s to 1. That's crazy. It's crazy. Right? We've been as low as about 32 to 1 and as high as 90 to 1 over this bull market. Again, this is telling us that silver is an extreme value at this particular moment in time. At about 64, 65, 66 to 1, we should be looking, if we're buying precious metals, to be putting a little more towards silver over gold. And uh, you can do so. I mean, when you come to Guildhall, that's the beauty of our firm. It's an easy process. If you want to take it home, you can take home bars, you can take home coins. We sell all of that. 
And if you want to store it with us, which is a smart thing to do, because let's face it, taking home product is burdensome, it's less liquid, and uh, certainly poises, uh, presents a security risk. Insurance in, and everything else insurance as Insurance well, and everything right? else. That's absolutely yeah. right. So opening up an account with Guildhall is very easy. To get an account open, you come into the office, give us a call, fill a little bit of paperwork. We have a couple of different accounts you can take. The depository account's very simple. It starts at 200 ounces of silver or 10 ounces of gold, and you can certainly give us uh, a call and we'll be happy to walk you through that. It's not a problem at all. The second account is the metals financed account. Mm -hmm. And of course, as we talked in the first segment, you can put up as little as 20% of the metal value. If I wanted $100,000 worth of uh, gold, I could literally put up 20% of that and have that. Now, that being said, in metals financing, we want to have every penny of the total value of metals that I'm investing in. So if I'm thinking of buying $100,000 worth of gold, I want to have $100,000. I just want to be able to be in a situation where I can hold that back, and that's what metals financing is for. And it's the concept of other people's money. It works when the markets are running, and it's good value when you're when you're seeing the markets take off. Now, getting an account open with Guildhall means it's safe, it's secure, it's insured. Uh, we use Lloyd's of London for insurance to depository. Mm -hmm. And, of course, buying and selling happens on a phone call. You're getting a host of experts who are all focused on metals. And, of course, you may want to use your account as you're gaining value to expand into the colored diamond arena, which we're going to go to in the next mm -hmm. segment. These are all options with uh, Guildhall, and uh, we'll talk more about them in the fourth segment after we come back from the break. And you can still visit your silver, even though it's off-site at a secure location, right? You can audit your uh, absolute metals, right? In fact, I encourage it. You yep. can have an independent auditor come in. You can use our auditor, whatever you like, but you can actually physically put your hands on the metal. Write down your serial numbers. Get down the serial Very numbers. Cool. Get the title to the product. We'll take a short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver therealmoneyshow.com. The queen of diamonds is in the house, Nicole Snitman, our resident diamond expert. We'll get in natural, fancy-colored diamonds. Love this part of the show, and it's coming up on The Real Money Show. Hang on. The Real Money Show continues. The number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver That is one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven. TheRealMoneyShow.com is the website. When you're there, take advantage of the Precious Metal Advisor. And in studio uh, this week, luckily it's been forever, Nicole yes. Snitman, our resident uh, diamond expert. It's about time you returned. <laughs> Good to see you. You too. And uh, this is like uh, one of our favorite parts of the show. I know Paul loves this part. And we're talking about natural, fancy color diamonds. If you have no experience with these, you're about to get experienced in uh, this segment. What do we got going this week? Well, today I want to talk to you about the greens because they're my... Beautiful. I mean, I love all of the colors, but for me, the greens, I especially love because of the rarity. They're actually one of the rarest colors to find. And we have four on our website. So I wanted to talk to you about them. And three of them have a secondary color, which are called color modifiers. So okay. for, for our audience listeners who are new to, new to this, that there's 27 hues that uh, GIA, Gemological Institute of America, recognizes as the colors. The hues, okay. that's, they refer to it as the hue. So there's 27 colors, and within those hues, there will be some with one or two or more colors. So for instance, the ones that I'm going to talk to you about are bluish green. As so opposed have, to greenish blue, which is different, right? You could have greenish right? blue. Right. Gotcha. You could have just blue. You could have yellowy orange. You could awesome. have yellowish orange. So when you're looking at ishes, which <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about, so we've got blue-ish green, yep. you're looking at that color, there's 15 to 30% of blue in the diamond. Okay. But the last color this, that you see, that is the actual color. So for instance, if I'm going to talk to you about a bluish green, 
Green is the color. Dominant color. It's the dominant color, right. exactly. And the bluish is the modifying color, and it will change the color. Depending on the modifier, you can actually increase the value, or you can actually diminish the value. So in the case of a brownish yellow, brown is not rare and it's not considered investment, you can actually bring down the value. So uh, the first one, let me just start yeah. right in. Mm -hmm. So the first one is a 0.26 carats fancy bluish green. It's a radiant cut. It's a VS2. And what I love about this diamond, and you'll see on our if you go to our website, guildhalldiamonds.com, right that you can put a bluish green next to another one, and even though there's a modifier, depending on how much color that modifier brings, one can look like a seafoam green, one can look more green, mm -hmm. one can look ocean green, and that is actually the way we describe them. We look with natural fancy color diamonds to nature. They're like for wines, the right? The way they describe wines, right? Absolutely. It's like an oaky, a raspberry, a chocolate. It's the same type exactly. of thing, Exactly, and, right? and because you you look to nature, you're looking for seafoams, mm -hmm. oceans, mint green. So the first one, the uh, 0.26, on the website, you'll see it looks pretty blue. Now, blue is also extremely rare, but because green are rare, in this case, it doesn't necessarily bring the value down because mm -hmm. a blue and a green are both so rare. This is a good, good quality investment. And I love this one because the price is $15,000. That's an entry-level diamond. That's a great place to start, yeah, right, for the, that color? Exactly. The yeah. appraised value is 25150 But 15000 for a bluish green... In my mind, that's an incredible investment. I mean, you could literally bypass the yellows if, yeah. if and go right into something like this. Or if you're a collector, add this into your collection. I mean, this is an extraordinary diamond. And you'll see that there's there are lower carat weights with the blues and the greens. Mm -hmm. And, and that's okay. And it's radiant okay. cut, right? Radiant yeah. cut's a beautiful cut Radiant too, cuts right? maximize the color. Yeah. So there's another benefit to this diamond in particular. But you'll see that there's they're smaller carat weights mm -hmm. and... Lower clarity grades, but that's okay for this color grade. So just like the pinks. Okay. And then next, I want to talk to you about the 0.36 Intense Green Rectangular Radiant Cut VVS2. Now, that's awesome. Now, this diamond <laughs> blows my mind because yeah. it's green, and if you go to the website, it's extraordinary. I mean, this is like grass, grass green, gorgeous cut, beautiful body color, and it's an intense. So intense, you're going one step higher than a fancy. So this is a beautiful investment diamond. It's $60,125. And the independent appraisal and the GIA report are all on the website. You can look at them. And, the and you should know that, too. I mean, when you're when you're on the website, you see the row of diamonds on the page. You go to greens, you see that diamond. Click on that diamond, and it pops up in your screen to about three by four inches. Exactly. So you can get a really so can, close look, shot of it, right? Yeah, it's still not the same as oh, coming in to yeah. seeing it. You really do need to yeah. book an appointment if you're interested yeah. and come and see them. We teach you how to hold the loop, look inside, look at the facets, look at the awesome. fire, the brilliance. You do need to see them in person, but we have really nice photography, so it does give mm -hmm. a good representation. But this diamond at 60125 thousand is appraised at ninety two thousand five hundred. So this is an extraordinary investment. It's they're just beautiful diamonds. And then we've got a 0.44 carat fancy blue green. So this is closer to half blue, half green. Right. It's a cushion cut. I love cushion cuts because it's like crushed ice. I know you do. But yet it still brings out so much of the body color. And it's a VS2. And this one is Appraised at sixty thousand, and our price is forty-two thousand. Mm -hmm. So, this one is again. So you're looking at fancy, but then you have half blue, half green, 
Great clarity grade. It's gorgeous. And if you look at this one, the fancy blue-green against the bluish green on our website, you'll see it looks more mint green. Yeah. Yeah, sea yeah, foam. Yeah, yeah. And yep. the colors are so tropical and so exotic. So, and and I just want the audience to understand how hard it is to find these colors. These are so rare. So I'm always looking for the the really rare, exotic, beautiful. You know, they're just extraordinary. You just don't see this every day. These are these are very very valuable rare diamonds and that's why it makes such a good investment well i've you know, i've seen in in other stores you know colored diamonds but it's not where you guys fly I no mean, you know you're at a certain level of stuff you'll take and certain stuff you won't right? exactly because we only only will get the best of the best i go through i pour through grading reports if they don't meet our specifications if they're not the right table the total depth dimension we we just won't get them. Describe the uh, or how you come to arrive at a price. I mean, you take that uh, that point three six carat that intense green. It's listed for sixty, worth ninety. Now you said it's appraised at ninety. So where how do you get to an appraisal, and why is it so much cheaper to buy the diamond? How does that work? Well, we get really really good pricing. We have very very good relationships with our dealers, so we try to get the best prices possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from being stickler on all the the um, characteristics of the diamond and the value factors for the diamond, the cut, the clarity, the color. Um, we are very, very prude about our pricing, like shrewd rather. Paul is constantly trying to get the best price. And because we don't have the overhead of a store and we don't have the, you know, all the fixtures and all of that, we can offer really, really good pricing. Now, the independent appraisal is the appraised value if your diamond is lost or stolen. So, so that it's always going to be again. exactly, okay. but it's always going to be a little bit higher. That's if we had to go out and try and replace this diamond, that's what the value is for. And so somewhere in between our cost and the appraisal, we'll put together a price for our clients and you know, we still have to make a little bit, but we're we're our pricing is very very good. Very good. And if you're shopping around, you'll see. The number's uh, 1-877-8-SILVER and therealmoneyshow.com. That'd be awesome. I mean, you go in there to buy a $60,000 diamond and you get an appraisal for ninety. I don't get that with the Mercedes. Exactly. And a 10-day money-back guarantee. But <laughs> There you go. The best part of it is that I'm the one who goes and gets the diamonds reappraised. And every single one of our customer, time and time again, every single solitary diamond has gone up in value. I get to make that. It's one of the best things in my job because I get to call the client and say, how much do you think your diamond went up, by the way? And I did actually have one last diamond yep. to tell you about, and that is a 0.61 fancy bluish green radiant oh, cut wow. again VS2. And if you look at this on the website, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is phenomenal. Turquoisey sea foam, it's stunning. And the radiant again brings out the color. And this is just magnificent. You, you compare that to the the point three six. What a different color! The variety is amazing. It, it really right? is. They're they're like fingerprints. Yeah, each exactly. one is so unique. Yeah. And this one is appraised at one hundred fifteen thousand three hundred, and on our website it's sixty nine thousand eighty. I mean, the pricing is amazing. The the diamonds are phenomenal, and the investment opportunity is what is so mm-hmm. incredible about all of this is that you have something, you put it away in your safety deposit box, knowing, like, what investment? Do you know that it's going to go up year after year after year, and you don't have to worry about it? Well, Paul's always said in 40 years they've never come down. Never. Right? Well, it's actually they've never, ever come down, but since public record, which are the auction houses, mm-hmm. 
there's no ever documentation of a diamond ever going down in value. Talk about the JCK show. That's where uh, Jeremy, that's why we don't hear Jeremy or Paul on the early uh, that's this right. morning. Where are they? Um, they are in Vegas, and I'm flying out tomorrow morning nice. to go to the JCK show, which is the largest jewelry and diamond show. Okay. So we just go to see what the trends are, some buying opportunity, a lot of in the industry, what happens is they'll hold on to some diamonds and tell the show. So that's part of the reason that we've been having such a difficult time finding the diamonds of our caliber. And we'll go to the show and we will hopefully buy. Last year when we went, we noticed that prices were up as much as 30%. Mm. And it was near impossible to find IF yellows and VS pinks. So I suspect we'll have the same challenge this year, if not more. But we go and we get really good design ideas, see what, what's in style for jewelry, because that's a, a part of our business. Wealth to wear, right? Wealth to wear, yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just a variety of things and meet all of our friends there. And it's fun. And it's great for us. This is like the Academy Awards in our industry. Yeah, yeah, right. This is like the biggest <laughs> event all year. Well, Paul's often said, you know, you go down there and you, you look at uh, 30 diamonds and you and Paul will uh, choose three. Yeah. Last year we picked three. Those ones that'll make the grade. Exactly. Right? Someone else will sell the other crap, but you're not going to touch it. No. Right? And people's mouths were literally hanging open last year saying, what? You only look for IF and only VS? And, you know, they couldn't believe it, but our standards are that high. But our standards are that high, not because we're being snobs. It's because we know that's what's going to bring the investment value for our customers. Yeah. Darren, talk about uh, Nicole's qualifications, because I know everybody who's who's purchased diamonds from uh, Guildhall obviously trusts her, and she knows what she's talking about. I appreciate you not putting Nicole on the, on the spot, because she's very <laughs> shy when it comes to that, but uh, world-renowned. I mean, I love talking with Nicole because education is right at the forefront of how Nicole approaches an investment in colored diamonds. She's awesome. She has certification from the GIA. She's a grading expert, and of course, when she goes to these events at JCK, it's just an opportunity for her to explore more avenues to get connected with people who are knowledgeable about the industry. And that's why Nicole is on our team and she works with all of us and anyone who invests and buys a colored diamond. You can't go wrong. And the other thing I want to point out as well is that we have a wonderful uh, set of documentation that come with uh, purchasing the diamond. You get the GIA, you get the appraisal, you get everything that you need to make sure you've made the right investment to hold over the uh, long term for the investment. And in addition to that, you get the 10-step buying guide, which is available for people who are serious about buying colored diamonds. This is something Nicole created. It's proprietary to our firm. Believe me, everybody all the world is trying to use this document one way or another and really it is becoming a very important key element in making that investment so if you're on that doorstep ready to make the purchase and uh, you want to get that 10-step guide and uh, that's where you can get it just by contacting our firm or emailing uh, Nicole directly you can look at her blog and there's also a form on our website you can fill out and you can get it sent to you either in a PDF or a hard copy we'll take a short break on one more segment to go here the number is 1-877-8-SILVER 1-877-8-745-837 and therealmoneyshow.com and back with more of The Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven. The website's therealmoneyshow.com. Nicole, tell us straight up, why do you love diamonds so much? Well, besides being shiny and beautiful, every woman <laughs> loves diamonds. I love also the history behind it and the science behind it, how rare they are. Because for every 10,000 white diamonds mined, only one will be a color diamond. 
And that doesn't even mean it's one that's investment Desmond grade. Green, so, right. that's I mean, just the fact of how they were created billions of years ago and they can't be recreated now, I just find the history so amazing. And when you actually look at one and you put it under that jeweler's loop and you look at all the twinkling and the 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 brilliance and the facets i mean they're just beautiful and then you look at the color which is the most important part of them and they're extraordinary and like i've been saying all along no one is the same mm-hmm. i mean unless you get one that was cut in half for for earrings or pear right, but right. i mean they're really like fingerprints very very unique gorgeous darren what do you think what's your take on them as far as investments concerned well i own them uh, I have had them for quite some time, and one thing that's certainly been uh, interesting for me as an investor is the fact that I've used them instead of real estate. I do have speculative real estate. Uh, I do own investment properties, but I've used these instead of adding more investment properties to my portfolio, which I love, uh, I've added colored diamonds. And the return has been, number one, far easier. It's been a whole heck of a lot quicker. And it's allowed me to grow the portfolio a lot faster than I would have had I invested the money elsewhere. There's no maintenance. I don't have utility bills. I'm not involved with lawyers on a yearly basis. There are no rental contracts. I don't have to worry about the fence falling down. The plungers. The swing set, the plungers, <laughs> all the stuff that can go wrong with rental properties. Now, that being said, I'm not deterring somebody from going out there. But if I am on the steps of making the decision about buying a second speculative property or maybe my first How about consider this instead? I can put this in a safety deposit box and close my eyes. Never have to follow it. Never have to worry about it. I don't have to, you know, uh, do yearly reporting on it, find out whether it's going to be better in a corporation or whether I should do it this way or that. Nothing. I simply put it in a safety deposit box and revisit it once or twice a year. Five or six years down the road, I decide to sell it. I make the profit. Either I do it again or I take back my principal turned it into another diamond. What do you think, Nicole? Well, for me, I have two smaller diamonds for both of my kids. And, you know, I'm not afraid to say I'm, I have an anxiety by nature. I'm just an anxious person. Mm-hmm. And I don't like watching things. Like, I don't like stocks. I used to have stocks before I got into diamonds when You're I was younger. You're on the computer every minute and checking, yeah, checking. And, and it, for me, it just gives it's me unnerving. too much anxiety to just keep going to check something all the time. Where with this, I just get it reappraised every year, both of them rather, and I... I know that they're fine. They're in the safety deposit box. I know it's multi-generational wealth. I know my kids are going to be looked after. They understand about diamonds too, so they're interested Mm -hmm. in it and they know. And it's just peace of mind. And for me, that's the biggest thing. It's peace of mind. I don't have to do anything every year at tax time or I just don't have to do anything with it. So I love that. We actually have a fantastic promotion that I want to tell all the listeners about right now for one week only. We're offering a beautiful pair of stud earrings. They're white studs. And with any purchase on any diamond. So, I mean, it makes an amazing graduation present, amazing birthday present, anniversary. So you really want to get in on this to get a pair of earrings on top of an investment piece. That's just an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Yep. So call us. one eight seven seven eight silver is the number of the realmoneyshow.com. What's happening with auctions? What's oh, the latest? Auctions have been exciting. Yeah, big time, so, right? So, uh... So I think that the guys talked about the Winston Blue, so I'll just bring it up again mm-hmm. just in case our listeners didn't hear. But it set a world auction record a couple weeks back when it sold for $21.4 million, oh. 13.22 carats, vivid blue, flawless pear-cut diamond. Just extraordinary. And during the same auction in Geneva, 
the Ocean Dream sold. So I was talking to everyone about the blue greens. It was a 5.5 carat vivid blue green triangular cut. It was a pretty rare cut. Love it, yep. Loose. So it wasn't in a piece of jewelry and it sold for $9.5 million. Come on. And no one really talked about this diamond because the Winston Blue made such a splash and it sold so quickly. But I mean, vivid blue green, so rare, beautiful to sell for $9.5 million. So you know, if you want to check out those blue greens I was telling you about, no, they're not going to go for $9.5 million mm-hmm. in 20 years, but you should do extremely well with them. And then the other one, Diamond, that made a really big splash uh, a few weeks ago was the Vivid Yellow Diamond, the Graph Vivid Graph, Yellow. Right, yeah. Yeah, and this made a splash because it was a very rare occurrence that happened that it didn't sell the first go round. And then a few minutes into the auction, it popped up again and sold for a record record of $16.3 million, which is the highest price ever paid at auction for a yellow diamond. 100 carats. So extraordinary. It's a big boy. Just extraordinary, wow. vivid. And and we know that in 2011, the sun drop yellow, uh, that sold for 10.9. And at the time, that was a world record. So obviously, this is larger. But at auction, it's so important that people understand the reason we look to auction because the values are set at auction. We don't have – it's not like stocks where we can go look at indices and we can go look at – even with the metal, go look at geopolitical activity. Mm-hmm. We have to look to what happens at auction to set the values. So it's very important for us. We follow all the auctions. We bring the records. We bring everything to our clients and to our listeners so that everybody understands what's going on in the community. And it's interesting because you'll be able to track this diamond for years, right? This will come oh, up yeah. again 10 years, 5 years from now. Who knows what the uh, price will be, Maybe even right? longer, but we'll yep. track it because we plan on being – business for decades and decades. You know, our kids want to get into the business. So this is a multi-generational business. So absolutely, we'll track them. And a lot of these diamonds, you know, they're held in safety deposit accounts in families for 50 years. So, you know, they will resurface again because people don't buy these necessarily to, you know, you're not going to put a 100 carat diamond on your finger. You're buying this as an investment. So yes, they'll probably come up again. What else is going on out there, Darren? Well, again, when we look back at the week, that was a lot of uh, white noise regarding uh, expectations that were not met in the U.S. economy. In particular, that's important because it's the world's largest economy still. Uh, might not be that For now, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> exactly. it's unfortunate. I hate thinking about it, too. It I makes know. me very upset and uneasy about what the future holds. But one thing that we're watching right now is palladium. We've talked about it over oh, the yes. last number of shows. We started the call for Palladium again at around uh, 7.50. We were off and on about it, but I wrote an article that got published uh, last week. And uh, right now, the current price of Palladium is trading around 840 an ounce. When we brought it to this show, we started that call here on this show at 806 an ounce publicly. I remember that. So we're up 16% year to date on the Palladium price and uh, lots of good reason for it. There's a heck of a lot happening in the Palladium market and exciting things that are happening uh, that certainly are not occurring in the silver and gold market right now, although I love both of those markets. I did have reservations back in 2006 when we started calling it, but believe it or not, the price of Palladium was a lousy $185 an ounce. (laughs) Really? That's when we started taking it to our clientele, and I remember uh, discussing the merits of Palladium ownership, and one of the things that stood out was that it's a very thin market. The number of people trading it or the volume in the market is, is comparatively speaking to silver and even a lot more so than gold. It's very thin, so you don't get as many people trading it, but if we look now in April 2014... 
Uh, plating is trading on top of all the metals. So, I mean, in terms of gains this year, it's made the largest gain. It's part of the platinum group of metals, which is produced primarily as a byproduct of platinum and nickel mining. And it is relatively small. Its primary uses are electronics, jewelry, investment, and the key one, the largest one is... Automotive, right? Automotive. Platinum-based autocatalysts, more commonly known as catalytic converters, right? South Africa and Russia are the main two suppliers in the world. Lots mm-hmm. of countries do produce small amounts, but South Africa and Russia are the two biggest suppliers. They account for almost 80% of the yearly supply, with Russia leading the way slightly. Uh, one reason why palladium prices have jumped is because of the increase in the world demand for better and more stringent pollution controls. In particular, India and China have led the way in the growth of demand due to their increase in the amount of population that are driving cars and other vehicles on the road that require these controls in the form of catalytic converters. So you're seeing a lot more demand for palladium, and that's extremely interesting. China is home to the fastest growing automobile market in the world. And in China last year, the number of cars on the road jumped by 40%, believe Hmm. it or not. And that's just a product of a growing economy, a larger middle class, more people getting the money and the ability to own and drive a vehicle. That trend is well in place, even if the Chinese economy started to falter a bit. So what, their yearly gain in GDP total or growth is probably like, you know, 4% instead of 8%. But they're still growing at quite a, a, a good clip. So I expect that more demand for palladium will come through. And it's a very good story to be told. But again, we are certainly able to provide palladium to our clientele. It's an exciting metal. And anybody, including myself and Nicole and Paul and Jeremy, uh, can discuss it when you talk to our firm and you can own it the same way as gold and silver in the depository in bar form uh, 10 ounce minimum when it comes to owning palladium and certainly we'd be happy to talk more about that with anybody who's potentially interested one eight seven seven eight silver is the number the real money show.com online tell us about gerald salenti this guy's hilarious and he's coming up next week right he's awesome he yep. is a trends forecaster he's based out of uh, new york and uh, he's been with the show now for a couple of years we met him out at an event in vancouver 2012 and a super duper friendly guy and he's smart I mean, does not hold back does not hold back <laughs> yes the verbiage he uses is very colorful <laughs> yeah and uh, it's certainly something that we're looking forward to. We have the uh, edition of the Calgary show coming next week. So what a great way to start. He's been in the Calgary market before, mm-hmm. and uh, we're excited to have Gerald Salente. He's on our website, and you can uh, you can go there to The Real Money Show to find out more about uh, adding Gerald Salente to the show, and we'd be happy to have him on next week. And I, I just love listening to this man. I mean, not only is he entertaining, and he just says it he's amazing but all everything he's called has been right on he's very bullish on gold and silver and everything he's called he called the the coffee market he called the whole organic movement he's called so many things he's been so accurate you can check him out before you listen to the show so you have a little bit of knowledge of who he is and what he's done and he's extraordinary nicole tell us this before we go about the uh diamond promo with the earrings and the buyer's guide as well right the the diamond earrings you really want to get on this beautiful pair of studs um very very pretty and they would make a, a perfect gift and so it's on any diamond. I mean, Paul is very, very generous generous to do this. All of us in the firm said, on any diamond, really? Hmm. And he said, yeah, you know, it's for one week. So if you were thinking about getting a diamond, you were on the fence, what a great way to get in. And especially that bluish green I was telling you yeah. about for $15,000. I mean, 
you just if you're interested in diamonds, if you're Do looking at a level. yellow for 15, consider this. Even make an appointment with us. Come see it, and we can maybe hold over the diamond promo if you're looking at it. But um, just amazing. That's a good way to get your beak wet, right? With that yeah, diamond right definitely. there. Tell us about the buyer's guide. Well, the buyer's guide is something that I put together for people who are serious about buying diamonds. You, you're just not sure. You're trying to do it on your own. You're looking at a lot of different companies because, of course, you're going to comparison shop and you're just not sure. It kind of acts as a, tre- a checklist. So you really want to make sure that you have these 10 steps. It's not overwhelming. It's written very simple. It's not that long, but it's going to give you a good basis. Do I have... Is the person a member of the NCDA? Mm-hmm. Do I have this? Do I have that? So it's very important if you've been looking at this investment. And if you've already bought a diamond, say from someone else, you can also use it as a checklist back right. to say, did I get the right this, this, and this? So call us or, or fill out the form online and we'll send it to you. If you didn't catch any of this information, you want to recap and go back to other shows, you can do that online as well. That'll wrap it for another week. To start investing or get in contact, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver one eight seven seven eight seven four five eight three seven, and therealmoneyshow.com. This has been The Real Money Show.